Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 3, Episode Number 3. We're keeping this moving along on our winning streak episode. Uh, I am here at John McStravick, your co-host, along with my other co-host. Alex Katzeff, how are you guys doing? Oh, hey there, Alex. Uh, it's good to get back at it again after all of the drafts have ended and we are recording this on Thursday before NFL kickoff. So there could be some more news or other uh, startling revelations by the time this hits your ears. But we're just going to mostly recap our drafts uh, from this past week. Uh, they were all exciting, fun debauchery that uh, went along with that. But first, let's get into it with some opening discussions of some general fantasy football topics. Uh, I first want to ask you your thoughts on PPR and, more importantly, the discussion between should you do half-point PPR, quarter-point PPR, full-point PPR, uh, and, like, what are most of your leagues doing? Well, I've been told full-point PPR is absolutely unheard of. It just doesn't happen. You're not supposed to do it. Uh, I think it's definitely the wild card. Uh, making it full point because if you can find a running back that catches the ball out of the backfield, they're going to be your game changer in full point PPR. With half point PPR, I feel like it balances out a little more. I feel like it's a little more even between the running backs and the wide receiver. The ceilings and the floors kind of average a little, a little closer to each other where in full point, you know, you get your, your Hopkins, uh, your Le'Veon Bells, uh, you know, you're Todd Gurley's and you've got some extra points up there just from receptions because they're the go-to, they're the outlet. Right. And uh, what are most of your leagues? You're in three leagues. What is the breakdown of PPR in those leagues? Half point, half point, And then uh, used to be standard changed, completely changed to full point. Let's just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, so we're trying new things. So that, so that standard league that we were uh, deriding last week just went full bore uh, 180. And instead of just easing into it, they just went all in and the full yep, point. No lube. Just let's go straight into it. We're doing it quickly. Uh, those of you that aren't on board, you get on board. Oof. Well, I got to say, uh, I'm very proud of your uh, standard league switching to full point PPR. I love the idea of full point PPR. I'm in no leagues with that as a stat, but I just think it's called points per reception. So I just want that full point. Um, all my legs are half point PPR. Uh, it's fine. But like I said, like you said, kind of just this happy medium where it kind of balances out. I see it as let's go more points on PPR because then you're making more viable players in a deeper pool or you're making more players viable and right. making it a deeper pool of players that actually can have an impact, especially in most of these leagues where the running back position is so difficult because after the top four or five, the drop-off is so dramatic that it's tough to feel the good running back core sure. with just mediocre running back by committee. And I feel like those slot receivers like Cole Beasley really kind of get helped out by the full point PPR because they're looked at very quickly. They're not going to get you a ton of yards, but they're going to get you a ton of catches. Yeah, and that's like those uh, quote-unquote possession receivers are would benefit greatly from that. But it's also the same thing with receivers. Like There does be a big drop-off after the top 10, which is a wider range than uh, running back, but you also are fielding more wide receivers. More of them can go in the flex positions, that type of thing. So I think the more points allowed, the better. I don't want – I'm not talking now some crazy league that I've been in the past where they give like – full six points and like no points taken away for interceptions that kind of thing like i've been in some crazy leagues for quarterback point scoring 
and I don't want this outlandish uh, crazy wild west, but I do think it would be better to give more average or marginal players some benefit by having a, a, a little help and giving a full point TPR. Agreed. It just changes the strategy just a little bit when you're drafting. Uh, that's the only thing that I've noticed. But I think that's more fun because then you have a wider range and you've got to, you can factor in more things. But uh, as it stands, most people think it's ludicrous to be a full point PPR. We had this discussion once uh, in the beginning of our season do, during draft. Do you and, like and the bonus like points? That. The 150 yards gets you three extra points. The you know 200 yards for a wide receiver gets yeah. you three extra points. You like that in, in your leagues? Yeah. I, I like those like extra bonus things because it's like if that player is going to do like uh, and about like, like have a stellar game, like an A plus effort. Like, why not give some more points? Because that's then going to change the dynamic of that week's game. And if they guy just went off bananas on you, like, why shouldn't you get rewarded for picking him and having more, uh, more points? More points the better, in my opinion, overall. So, um, but like I said, as it stands, most leagues uh, are going to stick with a point five. But maybe, uh, maybe we keep talking about this. Maybe we can get things changed. Um, also, moving on then, uh, what about uh, – oh, so we had our draft this weekend. I'm in two – my redraft leagues are both in Yahoo. Uh, I just love to talk. I love seeing the report card come out after the draft happened and the ranking system, which was Yahoo, thinks that you're – how you drafted your team. And how did you do according to Yahoo? According to Yahoo, I did better than everybody. I was the only person to get an A. Uh, which I take no stock whatsoever in that because year after year I get a C and somehow make the playoffs. So now that I've gotten an A, I'm actually kind of worried that maybe I needed to rethink some of my choices if Yahoo thinks it's a good idea. They just they don't calculate the intangible things. Uh, it's just statistics. There is no variable uh, where they look at people like LaShawn McCoy coming to a new team and then somewhat making those other running backs less profitable. You know, they don't, they haven't factored that in yet where it could have just happened or they're not thinking about it yet. You know, like Carlos Hyde, those people. Yeah. And it also is like everything with fantasy football is basically based off of the year before, more or less outside of just some of the intangibles with player movement and drop off. But all the, even the scoring systems that you see as projected points is all based off of mostly what happened the year before. So a lot of times those things don't pan out. It's just funny though, because I felt I've been in that position before, like, oh, Yahoo thinks I did well, and I feel a little confidence boost. Even though you know it, it's kind of like the Matthew Berry touch of death, the Yahoo rankings. Like you feel like, oh, wow, I feel proud of myself. Yahoo says I got an A, but then you're like, yeah, but Yahoo's awful what they say. And then you're like, this might actually mean I have a bad team. Yeah, so, so I got we'll see a. How it goes. Yeah, well, what's funniest in our league, too, the one that we're in together, is that then everybody else got a B or a B minus, the entire league, and then there's one C. So there's a C, all Bs, and then an A. And it's like the most mediocre draft of all time in our league, which I thought was funny. But, um, yeah, they're, they're no good. I got a C in my other league, but I actually thought I had a better team than I do in our league with that, that draft. So As it went, how over. did it go from the beginning to the end? Like your first draft to the last draft, how did you feel you did as it went in, in your three leagues? Uh, well, the the dynasty happened in June, and that was a three round rookie draft, and I was uh, I was happy with what happened. I was I usually look to make more moves in that rookie draft, try to trade some future picks, players like that. Like you can do a lot more movement with drafts because you actually have draft capital to trade as well as players. Um, but yeah, I kind of just stay. I did trade up, so I got like a running back of the future for myself. But then outside of that, everything else was just kind of like taking a chance on somebody based off of need. And it was just okay. Then, um, yeah, my redraft leagues, I was not super thrilled with. I liked the, 
my other league better than the one that we're in together. But yeah, but, we'll, we'll get to well, how well, I thought about this draft. Picks, though? Who was your first pick? Um, uh, my first pick was Beckham in our league. O- Odell seven, Beckham. So you went wide pick. receiver because you were at the end of the snake. And then you came back yeah. around and who'd you take? Uh, I got uh, Kelsey as my make back on the seventh. Yeah, pick. and I felt like that's, that's the right spot that he was going in this year, which is unfortunate for anybody else who thought that he would come back around. Because ah, I think he was like yeah, a it is third rounder last year. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. I, I, I want to get all into how we thought our draft went and, and how it progressed and all that, because we both have some thoughts on that. Uh, and we'll get more to Kelsey in a minute. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to talk about just for this opening discussion is uh, what about team names? Do you get real creative with your team names? Do you just have a general one? Do you do it based off of the players you drafted? Yeah, I like to do it off the players I draft. But in our league, it's a little different. There's usually something that happens at our draft party that kind of is the theme. It happens every year. It's organic. It's one of the reasons I love the draft party live over doing it on a computer strategically is that something happens where there's like a running joke or there's, there's someone who takes something too far and everybody knows how to poke the bear. Uh, so usually in our league, I, I, I try to do some sort of reference, some sort of callback joke to that day. And, and I feel like that's become the theme for most people. But in my other leagues, I like to take names. Are you, are you interested in some names? Uh, yeah, actually, I need some help with my naming this year because in my dynasty, I have the same name from day one and I don't change it. It's more now like tradition for me there. But in my redraft leagues is where I like to try to have some fun and uh, change it up each season. But this year, I usually have some weird topical kind of stuff that's sometimes more of an inside joke for me, what I think's funny. But <laughs> this year, I'm having a little difficulty on um, yeah. picking a name, and I kind of want to try to go dive into the pool to, of like having a player name or just some other more football-related type of uh, fun name or one, one from our league, like you said. The ultimate one we had the one year was Fun Boy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like that. <laughs> Um, so for, that for was, you, that was the one where Jake just randomly drunk Jake called one of our other guy Albies like uh, he was criticizing Jake's pick and he goes, "All right, fun boy," and that was that was forever now his nickname for his team. So, at least for the so team for team you, team. your nickname for your name for your team name uh, would be who did he pick? Uh, that would be the running joke. <laughs> See, even as I say it, you giggle a little, uh, and because one of the guys just couldn't couldn't hear. He couldn't function well enough to know uh, what was going on, so he kept leaning over to you and asking, "Who did he pick?" Yeah, that was that was uh, yeah. One of them just couldn't handle their stuff this year, and uh, he was just he was in and out of it all all um, all draft. Although he actually drafted a decent. He did. Team he actually did do well for being completely uh, on two. Uh, I've got names for you though. Right. Uh, I've got some team sure, names. I'm going to throw my top ten list that I found off the internet. Uh, number 10, Lights, Camara, Action. All right, uh, pause for applause. Uh, number nine, From Whence You Came. Figured you would like that as a homer. Number eight, Deshaun of the Dead. I like that one. I've got Deshaun on my team. I may steal that. Uh, number seven, Knocking on Evan's Door. For Mike Evans, if you drafted him, good for you. Uh, number six, uh, Levita Loca. I'm sure you're supposed to say that a little differently. Uh, but I'm not going to try. Number five, uh, it's too late to say Amari. Uh, that's French. Uh, don't look that up. Number four, Shake It Goff, Taylor Swift song, for those of you that are over the age of 14. Number three, Baby's Got Dak. 
LAB with the open booty. Number two, uh, pop, drop, and lock it. And then number one, number one name, number one name, Hot Chub Time Machine. I like it. That, those are my top 10 list. Well done, well done. That, that felt very Letterman-esque, where actually some of the better names I feel like were further down the list than number one was an actually. Hey, that's how it goes. That's how it goes when you're looking on the internet. Well done. Uh, wonderful Letterman impression, though. So, But uh, we got no more time for opening discussion. We got to keep this moving along, and we got to get into the breaking news segment of our podcast. Uh, let's first start off with... Um, the McCoy trade, this was actually happening as we were drafting, and I ended up picking him up, I think, from the second third, or third to last pick just out of a flyer because why not? Let's see how uh, new change of scenery does that guy. He's with his old coach, Andy Reid. Uh, thoughts on this? Do you think do you like where he landed? Do you think he should have went somewhere else? Do you think what's his gonna outlook for the season going to be? Uh, well, it's hard to say. With Andy Reid's uh, offense, he always has a top five running back somewhere in fantasy. For like the last 11 years, you can look it up. He loves to use his running backs any way he can. So it's not great for Damian Williams, I can tell you that. Nope. Um, it, it, nope. it absolutely becomes a running back by committee right now. But at some point, he will figure out who his hot hand is. And it probably will be McCoy until he runs him into the ground. They played together in the Eagles. So I don't see why he wouldn't use him. He already knows how to coach him. The, uh, it, just, it seems like a good fit for McCoy at his his late late years yeah and um I, I i just see i was looking at it and a lot of people are well not, it's not a lot of people some experts are saying like he goes on this two year one year down two years on one year down and last year was his down year so there's a really good chance this could be his comeback year especially if he can squeeze just a little bit out if he's got anything left this is the year that I think he's going to put up some big numbers again. And I think there are Andy Reid's a pass happy guy and he'll do a lot of uh, catching out of the backfield like he used to on the Eagles. And I think with uh, Pat Mahomes there, he'll have he'll be the great outlet for him to just dump it off when a play breaks down like that. So I, I'm confident I'm going to hold on to him for a few weeks to see where this goes. But he'll be one of those bench guys, I think, right now until he proves me otherwise. But I'm not also just going to dump him. I think there's high upside uh, to him. but. Uh, it's, it's hard to read. Right you now. have to, you um, have to keep him. I think you keep him until he has that game where he hits the twenty four point mark, and then you trade him. Uh, I yep. I believe that it's the next man up once he goes down in that offense, and it will become it will come back to Damian Williams at some point. I'm hoping most people jump ship and drop him, so I would pick him up just to stash him. If agreed, agreed. Um, well, moving on from that, let's stick with the uh, running back talk. Um, so Mr. Zeke uh, seems to have finally signed a contract for an absorbent amount of money, uh, which is just hilarious to me. Um, it's, it seems it's, so it's staged. Baffling. It seems so staged to me. Like, how can we keep our name in the media without it being completely negative? We know you're going to sign. You don't want to go to training camp. I don't need you to get hurt. You go to Cabo, we can make this a whole big, we can plant whatever media story we want. They won't be paying attention to the fact that we, you know, lost this player. I just, I feel like it was all a ruse. I feel like they knew from the beginning that he was going to sign. He knew, Jerry Jones knew, and they played this game. Yeah, I, I mean, like, look, I think it's the right move to sign the guy. The guy is the best, one of the best running backs in football right now. And of the past maybe 10 years, you could even maybe put him up there. But the question is just wear and tear. Like, he might be great again this season, but when do those legs start to feel all the 
He's has the most carries in the past three years out of any running back. That's more than Todd Gurley. And look where Todd Gurley's at. Right. Um, he's not even 26 yet. It's just, and this is only an extension. This isn't even overtaking the two years left on his contract now. So long-term, I don't think it's a great move. Obviously to get him back on the field for this season is good, at least for fantasy owners. I still don't think the Cowboys are going to be fantastic. They'll be above average probably, but then they got to still pay Dak and they still have to, I guess, pay Amari Cooper if they even, they want to keep a, a good wide receiver on that team. But anyway, um, it's good for fantasy football. It's good for Sam, who did ended up taking the chance and drafting Zeke, I think, with the sixth pick. Um, yep. So, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, it, it ended up working out for anybody who took the chance on Zeke. Still no, uh, still so, no word on Marvin, funny, uh, Melvin Gordon. Speaking of that, but, funny story. I actually went the other route. I tried to draft Melvin Gordon in most of my leagues and Pollard. So if you were doing a diagram of the right and wrong, I chose the wrong boxes. Yeah, I said that on our chat. I said, I feel bad for... The, somebody's like, oh, I feel bad for uh, the people who didn't draft Zeke higher up. I said, I feel bad for the person who decided to draft Tony Pollard probably in like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, it was James. Um, yeah, and I was actually looking him up. I was like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to draft him. So I honestly thought Zeke was going to be out at least two or three weeks before they caved. But like you said, it was probably all a ruse and they were getting this stuff going. Um... But uh, from uh, one drama ended to another one that's ongoing, the uh, Antonio Brown uh, drama of the Oakland Raiders just keeps on chugging along. So even though the soap opera of the Dallas Cowboys has uh, died down a bit, we still have the Oakland Raiders always there to give us some fun little uh, break from all reality of life. Right, and so the, the article I read, and lots of articles have said, the reasoning for his suspension is they got into it. Well, him and the GM Mike Maylock, correct, supposedly got into it at on like at a confer- like a physical confrontation almost at on, on the sidelines of practice. So that's what "got into it" means is is they, an assault essentially. Well, supposedly he threatened to punch Mike Maylock in the face. So I don't know what any of that means. So there's a whole lot of rumors flying around. Either he's going to be suspended. Nobody knows for how long. Some say he's going to be suspended and that will avoid the 30 million guarantee that he gets, which then is, in essence is cutting him. And, and as, as an Antonio Brown owner, how does that make you feel? Um, I'm a little nervous. I, I here, I, it sucks. I'll tell you now, I'll give you, the upshot. I'll give you a Here's feeling the upshot. Here's for Kelsey right here, right now. The only time I'll offer it feeling for Kelsey right here. It's not a bad, not a bad trade. It makes up for the Antonio. You have Ertz sitting right there. You don't. You don't need him. You don't need two of those guys. I mean, you could use both, but essentially that fills in a number one ride receiver spot. And Diggs just got injured yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. I think they both off offers off the table. You've, you've lost the offer. Boom, it's gone. Oh, well, well, I feel I feel like the best next thing to happen is that he gets cut and then he becomes uh, Tom Brady's best bud. That is the upshot. You know, I think that would probably be the best fit for him. You know, like the Ocho Cinco route where you're taught not to the, use Twitter. Uh, Randy Moss route. Randy Moss, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, where you're taught not to use Twitter anymore and stop being such a personality. Wait till you're out of the league and retired to do all that stuff. Yeah, Randy Moss was down, going down the track of every other diva wide receiver. And now he is a professional uh, sports commentator on CBS or Fox. I don't know which one. <laughs> and he actually does a pretty good job. So. Kudos to Randy Moss and the Patriot way set him straight. And I think that that is just what uh, the doctor ordered for Antonio Brown. So I think the best case scenario is Raiders cut him. He's on the free market. Let the Patriots pick him up because they still don't really have a good wide receiving core. And then 
They lead the league in touchdowns uh, from quarterback uh, to wide receiver. And I do great in fantasy football. It's a win-win for everybody. That is what I think should happen. So Raiders, John Gruden, Mike Maylock, Bill Belichick, get on it. You heard it here first. So just so that I don't feel like I need to entertain dumb offers like Adam Thielen for Jason Kelsey or uh, for... Oh. Travis Kelsey. I'll trade you uh, Adam Thielen for Jason Kelsey. Yeah. I'll somehow make that happen. <laughs> and five fab dollars. So, so, yes. All right. So, moving off of the segueing from the Antonio Brown debacle uh, into our draft recap, um, which in which I'll give a, a spoiler. I drafted Antonio Brown. Uh, let's get into it now. Um, so, draft recap for our LA Locals League. Uh, I want to go over the first, uh, I guess let's go over the first three rounds here. Sounds good. So first off, first off, let's talk about, we play games to decide the draft order, but you don't, it doesn't set the draft order. You get to choose based off of your ranking of winning these, uh, these fun beer games. Uh, where did you end up picking? So this is a fun story. I mean, not that fun. Oh gosh. I already built it up too much. So this is the story. Uh, I have been practicing the number seven spot, like. I have done mock draft. I didn't ever think I was going to do a second spot. I was going to pick the seventh spot. And that night I was like, uh, I really want McCaffrey. So I'll probably take the third spot, but I haven't practiced. I haven't figured out where all the players drop and fall. I'd only done one other draft and I printed that list out, but I really didn't know. So I went into it thinking like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw an audible. I know I've done all this work in the seventh spot, but I'm going for the third spot. And as the game started happening, my players weren't doing that well. Uh, they couldn't. I was beating the person next to me, but across the board, my person was getting slaughtered every single game. So at some point, I was like, you know what? This isn't important. Uh, I'm gonna get probably the back end now. After the, you know, after I'm not gonna make the cornhole uh, playoffs. So let's just have some fun. I went and watched some football and. I got the last spot. I had no choice but to take the very last choice, which was the seventh spot. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's after a while, once you realize you're not going to get in the top three, maybe. Uh, yeah, just letting yourself understand and just giving into the idea of being on the back end. But you can still work the back end well. Um, I had, I don't know, like the fifth choice to pick where I wanted to pick. I ended up picking the eighth spot. I think nine and 10 were still available. I debated taking the 10 spot. I like the 10 spot. But I, I liked it too because you get, to, you get the double back-to-back, snake back, double picks in a row, which allows you to really just game plan and not have to worry to a degree of like, is this guy going to be available on my snake back, even if you're in like the seventh, eighth, ninth spot, which bit me in the ass a bit later on. For sure. Uh, so I get the eighth. Um, I was happy with it because I was able to still get high end guys in certain positions, even though I was just, I gave into the fact that I'm not going to get necessarily a high end running back, even though a few of them were still available of like the second tier, I still just went wide receiver. I went receiver for a while. Uh, and we'll get into that. So let's talk about the first round. Uh, these were the picks. It went Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Hopkins, which I was surprised that Hopkins going at four, although I would have taken him that way. I liked the pick. I was disappointed. Um, Bell, Elliot, uh, Zeke, um, <clears throat> who went number six. You picked uh, uh, Devontae Adams at number seven. I picked Beckham at eight. Then David Johnson and Michael Thomas at the rounding out the nine and ten spot. So were you happy with Devontae Adams? I don't know yet. It's, it's tough to say. Uh, it feels like he is Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. I mean, every time you ever watch a game, that first drive, it's like, okay, okay, everybody. Adams is going to get the first touchdown. I don't know why I'm doing a Trump impersonation, but he gets the first touchdown, and then we'll give it to who's left. 
Guillermo Allison, maybe. We'll see. You get about 80 yards, but make sure you get out of bounds. Aaron Jones is here. Everybody, good person. Aaron Jones, one of my friends. Known him a long time. Good running back. Good stuff happens when you give him the ball. So I feel like he's a good choice. It was either him or Michael Thomas, who, same thing, Bree's favorite target. Uh, and I'm thinking volume at this point. I want one of the top four wide receivers at this pick. And I don't necessarily trust Julio Jones anymore. I feel like they're turning into the Calvin Ridley show. Uh, first off, I give you an 8 out of a 10 for your effeminate Aaron Rodgers uh, <laughs> impression. I love it. Uh, I think we need to dub that over uh, like the speaking lips uh, impressions that they do. I think it's perfect. Uh, you should audition for that. Um, I Devonte Adams. I don't know if I would have taken him there. Like I see him pretty high in the top three wide receiver on most drafts and everything. But I just feel like Rogers sometimes spreads the ball around. But now they only he's is the number one legit. Like there's no Randall Cobb there anymore. There's no Jordy Nelson there. So I think out of volume he might still he might be worth that pick though. It's just it to me it's not as surefire bet, especially with the new coordinator up there. It's hard to say. I picked Beckham. Oh, go ahead. My list was uh, Hopkins first, if he was still available, then Le'Veon Bell because he's had a year off, so he's got fresh legs and he's got a chip on his shoulder, and then it was either between Michael Thomas or Adams because of volume. So, yeah, go ahead. I'll be, I'll be honest. I was surprised Bell went that Me high. Me too. Uh, the Zeke thing, uh, obviously, with the contract situation still up in the air at that point, it almost seemed like he was definitely going to miss games when we were drafting. Uh, but our buddy Sam took a shot, and it seems like it's going to work out now. Would you have taken Elliott if he was still available at that spot? No, I, I was not going to go. Again, I, I had the wrong Venn diagram of players and backups who were going to move. I thought for sure yeah. Melvin Gordon would sign before Zeke because of the way his contract is set up. Because I, I believe he still has to make it uh, by week 10 uh, just to get paid at all. Like It's not like Le'Veon where it was a franchise tag. He's actually just holding out. Yeah, those guys still had years left, so they actually had to play at some point to get years accrued towards the contract. Uh, so I agree. I probably still would not have taken Elliott even at eight, even if he was available. Again, surprise bell went higher. Beckham, I just thought was the top, the next best guy available as far as like, I think I'm getting more points out of Beckham drafting him at wide receiver at eight than I am at any of the running backs were left. Like David Johnson was still left. James Conner was still left. Todd Gurley was still left. Chubb, Cook. I just felt like the best value of that was to go with still a top three at one position rather than like a five, six, seven at running back, even though running backs in position. So uh, like I said, those uh, Johnson and Thomas, or did you like the Beckham? Would you have done him next if you were in that spot? The, your first two receivers off the court? I've never been a fan of Beckham, but because I've never been a fan of Eli Manning. Um, so it's hard to say I am a Baker Mayfield fan. So I do believe it was a good a uh, good choice. I wouldn't have done it just because he still has Eli on him. He's got to wash off the Eli before I'm ready to make, like Stink. maybe next year uh, I would say like, wow, I can't believe he lasted all the way to the A spot, you know, but this year I have to see it first, but I could believe it. Yeah. And I guess it's the kind of the same thing though, with your pick of Adams where you're just not sure, like it seems like he should, cause he's the number one clear, less people who are going to take away um, receptions from him and touches where I see the same thing with Beckham, where it's just like, he's great. He has actually a really good young quarterback. It's just, you don't know yet with the consistency there, but he seems happier now and it seems everything's going along better. So I'm taking a shot with that. Uh, snake back, uh, 
Connor Gurley went the next, the first two picks of the second round. And then I went with the strategy of going the next, the number one overall player at any, the next, any position. And it was Kelsey was still on the board and I nabbed him at the comeback on the second round. And I'm very, very happy with that pick. And what did you think about that? pick? I was pissed off. That was my strategy. It was going to be Le'Veon Bell and then Kelsey and uh, Frankie took Le'Veon and you took Kelsey. So the day just went to shit right there. Uh, but luckily I was ready for it. I had my backup plan. I knew that these things happen. And, uh, so I said, if Kelsey goes off the board, forget the tight end position altogether. I have my, my stash tight end in my pocket. Uh, uh, Mark Andrews, uh, on the Ravens who, who, Ooh, wow, yeah. who I thought, and you picked him way down now at the 12th. So you went from possibly drafting a tight end, the second yes. round to waiting all the way down to the 12th. So round. I shifted my strategy when you took Kelsey from me and I was going to take Kittle next. But I, I just, I don't believe he's a volume guy. He's, he is a yards guy. Uh, I feel like he picks up a lot of yards because he's so good after the catch. Uh, but I, I don't feel like it's a sustainable stat necessarily. But we'll see. I'd love to be wrong on that one. Yeah, I, I agree with the Kittle thing too. I'm not quite sure about him and that whole offense yet. Like, I think they have a really solid quarterback, but he still hasn't been played a full season uh, with that team. They have a bunch of young receivers who are unproven, so that might lend the idea that he'll get more receptions because he's a proven commodity who can catch the ball, but you just don't know how they're going to try to spread it out since they don't have another go-to. They might just spread the ball around. Who knows? That's why I just feel like, again, it's a little bit more of an unknown that I'd rather have a guy who is locked down no matter what in a pass-happy offense. Uh, from there, though, you picked up Nick Chubb then. That was your next pick right after I snagged Kelsey. For- so Chubb to me was like the replacement of Le'Veon. Since I couldn't get Le'Veon and I couldn't get my tight end, um, I already got my wide receiver, so I needed to get a running back that I felt like could be that same sort of style of runner. You know, the between the tackles, good pass blocker, uh, really, really good for an offense. So I went Chubb, and uh, you know he's got fresh legs. I think he's in his second year now. Um, hopefully, he doesn't hit that sophomore thing they talk about sophomore slump yeah i i like the nick chubb move i probably would have picked him right around seven like your spot or the next spot if i was not where i took kelsey but uh i like chubb i i like him better actually than todd Gurley um and a lot anybody else then on the board after him so i think it was the great the right pick to make at that time i probably would have done the same thing in that and it also felt very rewarding since i had to write him in on my draft from the year before so it was sort of like yeah, dynasty the last pick yeah, of your draft you got it that's uh, that's right, man. Quite a jump in stock for Nick Chubb, but uh, good for him. So the rest of the round went then Cook, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Juju, uh, Melvin Gordon. Somebody taking a shot in the second round with Melvin Gordon, dumb. which was crazy. So dumb. Uh, then, uh, uh, oh, uh, Johnson on, uh, who's uh, who did Jake take? Uh, is that uh, a running back? Oh, Kelvin Johnson. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm in Detroit. Which is, he seems to have like high upside, but inconsistent so far. So it's like kind of a shot in the dark, I feel like. But he has the high ceiling. Yeah, but Stafford loves to throw the ball. So the running backs in Detroit don't always pan out after the first few weeks. I also don't see Detroit as having like a solid offensive philosophy that I can get behind to understand how they do things. So I always get shy when I don't know how a team likes to do things. Um, but it, it's it's a value, it, not a value pick, but it's it's high upside pick. Uh, then Julio Jones went uh, the last pick of the second round, which I think is a little lower than him where he I thought he would have went. But you say you think that they're transitioning away from the Julio show into the uh, Calvin. Ridley so show. every year he gets an ankle injury or he has some sort of 
nagging injury throughout the whole year that Julio Jones owners just have to know that he's going to pony up and he's going to play either way. Uh, but last year we kind of saw uh, sort of a changing of the guard a couple games here and there where they trusted Ridley more. They used Julio more as a decoy, maybe got him healthy from a week week to week. Maybe the injury was more serious than we thought, and they shifted, and they didn't seem to have a problem with it, in my opinion. Yeah, because uh, he, he was unhappy for a few years there. I don't know if he's still unhappy, wants a new contract, all that. And it just seems like he's not, for different reasons, he's not the dominant player he was. Maybe age, maybe he's unhappy, maybe just shifting way that they're doing things, trying to get younger. So I guess maybe, maybe you were right, though. Would you have taken him here if you were at like that pick? Do you think that's a good pick, though, at that round? I think that's, that's a great value for Julio Jones. Uh, I was amazed that he lasted that long. I think anybody who chose to, like, they got Juju, I think. Right. Th- I mean, he's right there with Juju. <sighs> uh, Juju is a good, just because he's the number one now there, and, and they are still throwing the ball a lot in Pittsburgh, even though you, you're worried about Big Ben down there in that arm. So we'll, we'll have to wait. We'll see. I mean, the, the good thing about Juju was he had all of the attention off of him when Antonio Brown was on the field. And it was sort of like this this yep. dueling banjos thing where like, oh, yeah, you got 50 yards, I'll get 51 yards. And like they just, God, the impersonations are on fire today. They're just lit. So they're just, they were dueling back and forth. And, and I feel like that's taken away from him now. So Juju's got to take on the better corner. And and we don't know. I mean, I assume he'll be able to juke him, but we'll see. We don't, we haven't seen it yet. Very true. Very true. Yeah. He won't, and now he'll be getting some of those double teams that AB used to get uh, and freeing him up. Uh, moving on to the third round then going in order of the third round. Uh, we start off with Leonard Fournette uh, in the snake back, which I, I'm not, I don't know about that pick, especially at that that spot. But what do you think about Leonard Fournette? Like he's such a everybody's down on him. All the pages you read. So I I, I just I probably would not have taken him. There. He was on my no list, um, not because he's not a good player, just because I don't want to deal with his drama. I've, if I have a day on Sunday where I can't sit in front of the TV for an hour and I've got to be somewhere else, I don't want to be stressing out that you know he missed a photo, so he doesn't get to play today, or like he missed the plane to London or whatever it is. I just, I don't need that as a coach, uh, as a manager, uh, as a winner. I, I don't want that player on my team. He, I can't, I can't coach him. Nope. Can't do it. Leonard Fournette, not a winner. Um, <laughs> I would have taken the next pick. If I would have snake back the double wide receiver, if I was the number one with that snake back. And I like the next pick is Mike Evans, who is my mainstay. And I think it's the first time in like three or four seasons. I don't have him on my team, which I'm frustrated by. Yeah. Uh, great pick though in the third round at the second pick here. Uh, moving on then we have uh, Aaron Rodgers, which who goes to uh, Stone Cold Mortal Lock Kyle, who picked him for probably the seventh year out of seven seasons that we've been doing this draft. Uh, good for Kyle, just a little lower than he normally does. Usually picks him first round, but with the number three overall pick, I think he he had to quell his inner uh, Packers fandom. Uh, but he still got his guy. He still got his guy. So good for Kyle. Uh, moving on, we got uh, Joe Mixon at the next pick, which I think is good. Maul Holmes went, which is uh, actually a little lower than I thought anybody would take this shot on him. Fr- Frankie but... was just in it to win it. I mean, every pick Frankie made was a good pick. He just he wasn't letting the party uh, get the most of him. It was almost like he was like, you know what, fun? Stop right there. This is all about drafting. You know, he did a very good job of separating having a good time with doing well instead of merging the two together. Yes. And this is why we missed Frankie so, so, <laughs> so, so much. Uh, moving on then, uh, Damian Williams, uh, not looking like such a great pick anymore at number six for Sam uh, with the McCoy move at anything at at, be- at work. Uh, no, 
at best, it's going to be a committee. Uh, at worst, McCoy somehow, you know, uh, reverses back to, you know, uh, 2016 McCoy and uh, really takes over that spot for one year. Uh, next, you picked Adam Thielen at the wide That was a tough one. It was either Thielen or Antonio Brown. Those are the two wide receivers that I was eyeing. Antonio Brown with his past history of scoring a buttload of points and also making a butt out of himself at the same time. Well. Uh, and he continues to do that. And I picked him at the next draft pick, taking a chance. This was a chance because of his uh, hysterics and his, you know, yellow mustache. And I, 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 I went in with clear eyes, understanding what I was doing. But I thought at the third round, if this man makes it on the field, this is a fantastic pick. And to have a one-two punch of Beckham and Brown, I, I took the chance. And right now, it's not looking great. But again, I have holding my hopes out for this, uh, the Patriots way, entering the equation. And uh, we have the Tom Brady... Uh, uh, Antonio Brown show and eclipsing the uh, record mark of receiver uh, quarterback touchdowns. Your, your your stat is you have a one in thirty one chance of being correct. But I feel like in my head the percentages are in my favor that it's like a seventy percent chance that it's going to happen. That's not the math. Um. Well, you know what? Math doesn't matter in fantasy football. Mm, that's uh, also so not let's true. Let's move on from. <laughs> Let's move on from this pick, please, uh, to Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen's good pick at this spot um, after those two receivers went before him. Uh, then uh, Devontae Freeman went uh, in the last pick of the third round, which I guess so. I mean, I guess it's it's this is one of those guys that I had on do not draft list for myself. Why is because that? He seems he gets hurt. Um, he only really had one fantastic breakout season. He's a solid running back, but everybody's talking that he just can't hold up. And now he doesn't even have, uh, you know, everybody then put Ito Smith up higher on their draft boards because if Freeman goes down, which is a big possibility, uh, Ito Smith comes in. Ito Smith might even just take carries away from him, period. Just because if Devontae Freeman hasn't proven to be a workhorse year in and year out that some of the other top of the line running backs have shown. Yeah, I uh, I don't love the Freeman pick. I definitely wouldn't have drafted him. You're getting a great value for where you've drafted him, I suppose, because you'll get a week or two out of him. Uh, but like you said, like he really only had that one season uh, where I believe he stepped into the role. Like, I believe he earned that role. And then once that was taken away from him, kind of lost that edge. Or maybe they changed offensive coordinators. I really don't know what happened to him specifically, but he got injured and then Telvin Coleman came in and did the exact, looked like a carbon copy. It was like they just replaced the dude with another dude, playing another dude. Yeah, yeah, and, and they have still have Matt Ryan. They still have good wide receivers, so they're still going to throw the ball as well, and they lit, work in a dome. They play in a dome, so they're still going to throw the ball a lot because they don't have to worry about weather. And running the ball doesn't seem to be as top priority for Atlanta. So it's it's uh, I can see the upside of a previous history, but then also his previous history also lends me to be cautious of him. And I was really not looking at him. If he was somehow dropped the next round, I might have taken a flyer, but again, uh, not there. This, this is where I would have drafted Melvin Gordon. This is where I kind of have him sort of with all his drama. Yeah, and that same thing would have been a risk pick. But again, in your third round at the back end, um, I think Melvin Gordon's almost a higher upside in the sense that if he somehow figures out the situation, yeah. you're going to get better production out of him. Um, all right, so let's, that was the first three rounds of our uh, local draft, and uh, it was very interesting. Um, honestly, did not go much how I thought it would. And honestly, but we talked about this last week, how it really felt like a crapshoot. Like, this was one of the more wide open drafts in recent memory. It felt like where there's no pure domination 
rotation is not the MO of the league this year, it feels like, for the top players at each position, um, where there's a bit more flux and some of the second tier guys rising up a little higher. There's more second tier guys, maybe. So it really added for an interesting first three rounds. Um, I was happy with my first three rounds, actually psyched about my first three rounds uh, leaving Saturday. Uh, How are you feeling about your first three? Uh, I put so much work into this draft. I mean, like, I didn't put this much work into making my kids. And I've never, I've never put this much work into the ADP from half point to full point to this expert to my own league that I'm in. Uh, I've never, because I made this computer program app, the the cell phone app, where it tells me who the next best player is uh, based on the stats of our league, not even just a a, a crapshoot, like based on how our league's points are are positioned is how I wrote this program. So I did so much work, uh, even with you taking Kelsey and, and Frankie taking Bell and me having to kind of switch to my plan B. I still felt like I built a good team because I knew so much more this time. Because usually I'm just, I don't know, we're going to pick this guy or this guy. I was picking both. You know, I'm really more organic about it than I was this year. I was more focused. So I I liked it. Very methodical, very technical. I like it. I like it. I I like it a lot. I, I like your first four picks. I mean, they're okay. I the the Thielen, actually. I mean, they're all good, and there there's slight question marks on like Adams and Chubb in the sense of just how high end they'll be, but they're gonna produce like out, without a doubt. Um, I think I'm happy with my guys. The Brown things now not looking great. Um, but then let's move on. So that's how I felt really good about it. So I'm glad you felt good. And yours is methodical. And I think this really came into effect in the later rounds for you, though, than it did for your top three, where your app approach, your your homework really started to help you out. And uh, so let's just get into just our the rest of our rosters. Uh, and we'll kind of try to work through these pretty quick. That's that's a really, really great analysis. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's a, a great way to put the difference between this draft and all the other drafts is my later rounds. I had a lot more initiative about what I was doing than just kind of throwing stuff. Yeah, and I, I and that's kind of where I started to fall into in, in certain spots, and I, I want to get into that real quick. So the next picks, uh, since we're back-to-back, it also is kind of good because I'm looking at them right there, and so we both kind of had to play off each other uh, depending on which way the round was going. But then the next pick, you took Robert Woods. I took Zach Ertz. I really wanted Woods. Oh, I really wanted Woods, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was that, He was one of my must-draft players. I'm a Rams fan. I want to watch the team. I wanted Gurley, but I didn't want to like triple up on my Rams. I didn't. I didn't want to do that, so I, I couldn't couldn't pull the trigger on Gurley. With the Rams, the wide receivers, they just seem to spread a ball around a lot, so it's hard for me to kind of pick one of those guys again. Spread offenses like that get me a little worried with higher end picks. But, but you took a second tight end. You took Ertz, which really more than anything screws the rest of the field because uh, you have two of the top three uh, tight ends at their position essentially, where there are nine other people sitting there going like, wait a second, where did the tight ends go? Hello. And that, 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 that was part of my strategy when I saw that. That was, that was an organic one. I was like, holy crap, like, let's do this. Like, it was, it was a double fold of, I think, okay, I got a high-end guy at a receiver position when we have a lot of flex positions. We have two. Uh, and then nobody else gets them. So then I think it worked in that favor that way. And I was very happy with that pick. Uh, moving on to the fifth round, though. This is where I had my first, this is where I had my first screw up. and where I started to get in my head a little bit and it was frustrating. So you took uh, Deshaun Watson at your uh, fifth pick. Um, 
pretty high for a quarterback, but you think he's probably a top three. So you said that if he's available, one of those top threes, you're going to go That's for That's true. Him. It's on record on this podcast that... I announced if he's still available in the fifth round, I'm I'm taking him. So I, I think that's a really good pick. I still might have just skipped it if I had the chance to. I just was pretty much trying to push QB down further, but I think he's going to get a ton of points regardless. So good pick overall. Uh, This is where I screwed up. So I was going along and I was doing pretty good and I had a strategy of kind of like the next thing I was like, okay, let's take a running back because I don't have a running back. Yet. I have two, I have four receivers. Yeah. And, and two tight ends. And I was sitting next to our friend James and he looks at me and he's like, he points to his list and he has Mark Ingram on there. I was like, Mark Ingram? Like, really? He's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, I think that's pretty solid here. But this was like, this was earlier in the fifth round. This wasn't like at my pick. He was just kind of having convo with me about this, like who should be up on the board, big board overall. Yeah, he does that. He likes to do that. Yeah, so he, because that's the thing. And, I, and then it got in my head and then I was like, but I really wanted David Montgomery from the Bears. I just thought this guy's going to be the number one back uh, in an offense that needs a running back. They traded Jordan Howard. They drafted him high. Like this guy is supposed to be their guy for like the next four or five years. And I talked to you about him in my rookie draft, my dynasty. I know about him. I, I like him. Uh, I specifically think he's going to be better out of the gate than Miles Sanders of the Eagles. But I think Sanders long term is better. But in a redraft, out of the gate's what you're looking for. I'm going... All right, Ingram, number one pick or number one back in Baltimore, still maybe has some juice left. But and then I was like, I debated who's going to be available still on the snake back. And I was like, maybe Montgomery because he's a rookie. Nobody's really going to think about him right now. And I went with Ingram against my best judgment. And what happened? Two picks later, Dave Montgomery gets picked as the last pick of that draft, uh, that round. And it just threw me. I was just like, Shit. you can't, you just, can't it, sit it, next it, to James. That's the key. Because he's going to sit there and go, hey, hey, who are you picking? And then, hey, what do you think of this? Look at this. And you're going to sit there and go, like, can you, can, can you stop, please? I'm trying to pay attention. I missed three rounds because you're talking to me. I was so high off of my first four picks, and I'm going, this is going really well. Like, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm going off the cuff, but like in a, in a methodical way. And I was like, I'm going both working, balancing the strategy of best available and also my needs. And this just, this just killed me. Uh, so I pit with Ingram. I mean, Ingram's fine, but it would have been better if he was my second running back and not my top. So that hurt. Uh, then coming back around, I ended up drafting Allen Robinson because I was like, okay, well, I just got to then, I pretty much have to go RB, zero RB strategy at this point. And I was just like, I got to load up at my other positions then. Went with, uh, Allen Robinson to the Bears, uh, at wide receiver just to keep that, uh, as a high end position for me. I'm, I'm happy with that pick where I got him. Uh, you went with Marlon Mack next, uh, your second running back. Um, I, Points to he should he's a good RB two. Uh, I don't know where his ceiling's at. Uh, the whole team is in disarray with Andrew Luck going down, but maybe that means they're going to run the ball more. So I see why you took him. Yeah, he's the the safety valve. We talked about his stock going up, and we're talking what the sixth round. I got yeah. my my second running back in the sixth round. I'm I'm pretty happy with that as far as getting a starting running back. It's not even you know one of these. Miles Sanders is going to get the job and Bill Jordan Howard's there. You know, it's, he is the starting running back and, and maybe at some, sometime Naheen Hines comes into play and, and, and possibly an okay pickup, but now we're talking running back three, four. So not even really worth uh, putting on your team, but I liked him for the value of where he was. You know, I'm not thrilled. I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's no parade, uh, but for getting a starting running back in the sixth round to a team that, is looking for someone to step up. Uh, uh, that's essentially what happens, in my opinion. Is it's the running back's job to put a lot of that team on his back and just, you know, do as much as he can. So I felt like it was a good spot. It was a good value pick. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's definitely upside, especially at a six pick for your second running back. That's a good move. Um, let's just go through the next few. You pissed Austin Eckler. Another backup running back just because of the Melvin Gordon situation. I went with Miles Sanders, who's my second running back now. Again, I'm just trying to go with hope here that they don't do a committee in Philly and they somehow he breaks out. Um, it, it's a lot of hope, especially for a seventh round pick. But I, I again, I'm kind of driving for straws here for the running back position. And um, I think could have taken Devin Singletary, who went next after me. So again... My running back situation, as has been in few year, past few years, is really a, a, a time in block. Uh, you went with Mike Williams next, which I love that pick at receiver. Uh, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot now down in uh, uh, or L.A. Sorry, not San Diego for the Chargers. Uh, I took my first quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I just am high on him. I think he's going to throw up a lot of touchdowns. He's going to run. He might throw a lot of interceptions. Run the ball. Yeah, he might have. I don't know what his interception ratio is, but he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. So with Beckham on the team, they have all their good wide receivers. Uh, Javaris Landry's, uh, Landry's on the team. Uh, I, I I think he's going to do well there. Uh, you went, I, this was a great, interesting pick. You picked Drew, Drew Brees at the ninth round uh, with your next pick. And I heard you say, you're going, all right, I'm going to do this just so nobody else can take him. And you pretty much picked your backup quarterback just so nobody else would have him, which sort of fit into what I did with Zach Ertz, but you were more, that was exactly the reason you picked the pick rather than like value or a need. You were like, nope, I don't want anybody else to have him. I'm going to hold on to him. Uh, so I thought it was a really interesting strategy. I probably wouldn't have thought about it like that or done, but I really enjoyed that. It was definitely a defensive move. I could definitely feel the air kind of drain out after I did that, where I was like, you don't, you don't need a quarterback. Why would you do that to me? You know, like I thought it was only this person, this person, this person that I was you know, so I didn't think people would expect it. Uh, I didn't go into it thinking that, but Breeze was my number four quarterback. And Goff got taken before him. I think Wentz went before him. Uh, so for me, I was like, he's, he's getting taken as like the sixth or seventh quarterback where he should be higher because he got so screwed at the end of last year. People don't understand like how vindictive, how like superstitious these players are. They're going to come back. The Saints are going to come back guns a-blazing. They're so mad at the officials that they're just going to we're going to put it on the bulletin board. So I expect Drew Brees to actually convince me to start him over Deshaun Watson some week. So it's a, you know, one of those good problems to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I thought it was a good pick and it, it's interesting to play defense sometimes, uh, which isn't a, a common strategy that we talk about or people talk about. Uh, so great pick. This again, I, I started to fall apart here for the next three picks. I picked Peyton Barber, JJ Akara Whiteside. And Daryl Henderson is my next three Ooh. picks, which I just kind of, I went in this tailspin for three rounds. Um, and I, I just, it, it, I got still thrown by the, the David Montgomery. Mark Ingram pick. <laughs> yeah. So again, it came back to haunt me. And these are those mid rounds where I felt pressure to pick somebody. I was trying to see who was still available, who got taken. And like, it, it just gets difficult around this time. And I did not handle it well. Um, you picked uh, your kicker. You were the first kicker off the board, which was a shocking strategy for you to take. So I was like, so I I explained it to Jake. Usually you're you're like me. Usually you were like me though, where you will go no kicker or defense and just pick Correct. all position players and then handle it in free agency, Correct. which is what I'm doing. Yes. Normally I do do that. Uh, we've been in this league for about five years and I feel like people are starting to pay attention to kind of some of my little tricks and some of the things that I do and trying to calculate kind of, and it's sort of like a Belichick style uh, thought process where I'm like, if you think I'm going to do this, if I think you think this, then I'm going to switch it and I'm going to do this. So I thought 
I really want this kicker. Um, for me, he is the best kicker. He, uh, for two years in a row, I think he scored the most points. He's the most consistent kicker there is. And again, Rams fan, homer pick. I didn't think with Jason not in the league. Jason's the only other person that would do this. Uh, I'd fi- I'd yeah. filled every other spot besides my tight end spot, and f- and James was the only one left without a tight end. You even had two, so I was not worried that someone was taking Mark Andrews. Yeah, uh, the kicker I just usually look for is most things. Just like who has a high powered offense and a score a lot of points, because they're obviously going to kick extra points a bunch of them, and then they'll at least be able to move down the field to kick a uh, field goal. So Rams are that kind of, uh, and they play in a nice weather for the most time. Correct. Uh, so good pick, good pick. Um, yeah, so I just fell apart for these three rounds. Um, the next three picks, I picked uh, Deshaun Jackson. You got your tight end and Mark Andrews. I thought Deshaun Jackson was a great value pick here. I couldn't believe he was still on the board. It's just because he broke his um, finger the day before. That's all it was. He he had just broken a finger. Well, he's playing week one, and I, he's playing the Redskins, so I think he does good in revenge games. Plus, I, I still he's I don't usually like to take players like Jackson because he puts up points, but it's sporadically. You don't know when he's going to have right. those games. But for like my fourth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver, and I was just like, and I. I'll try to probably game it out when I'll have those games. Um, but I definitely think week one, they're going to come out guns of blazing in Philly and, and have him win, throw the ball a bit. Uh, so I I'm confident. And now he's, it's really helping me with this a- Antonio Brown situation. Cause now Jackson slots in at uh, my wide yep. receiver four spot in the flex spot. So it, it's working out for me. Uh, then I got Trubisky as my backup. I'm solid with that. You picked, this is the one that you got me. Oh, this is where you got me back for the Kelsey move. Uh, you picked Edo yeah, Smith. I was that's... literally going to pick him next. I was so into him, and I was just like, okay, I can make up for my other RBs by picking Ito Smith, because then my strategy started to become, and I did this with the Daryl Henderson one, was, okay, running back's tough now, let's start drafting a bunch of running backs, but ones that are the backups, but with high upside if their first guy goes down, and that was then my strategy for running backs. Um but you snake me, and then he was my—he was like the number one in that, which I should have picked earlier, and I just—I just didn't. Uh, so that was frustrating because I was literally going to. Who, pick did, who did you pick instead? Who did you take instead of him when you thought you were going to take him? I got—I got uh thirteen, so I picked Trubisky then uh, as the next pick. Uh, I would have picked uh, him there. Uh, from there, I picked up McCoy, uh, Debo Samuel, wide receiver for San Francisco, and Ronald Jones, the the, the first-round pick last year for Tampa Bay at running back. Again, same thing, hoping that maybe he'll be able to pull it together this year. High upside, but didn't hasn't done well yet. Uh, and then you pick uh, Jameson Crowder, which is a great, great pick there. Uh, everybody's saying he's the guy to pick up on free agency if he's still available. Great pick. Uh, you picked Deion Lewis. Yeah, I don't. I don't love that less. pick. That, I, let me explain whole. that pick. Um, used to be a Patriot, right? So I mean, he knows how to run the ball. He knows how to learn a playbook. He knows how to do his job. Uh, Derrick Henry has never been given a full season. Yeah, I agree. Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised how high Henry went. Henry went. Um, he didn't go as high as I. Thought. He did though. I he, went, he, he went. I was going to take him in the third or fourth round, and he was already gone. Yeah, I can't find him on the board right now, but he went pretty high, much much higher than I tried him before in past seasons and it just it had to have been Frankie I guarantee you Frankie took him in the fourth round or 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 James uh uh no 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 who was five who picked in the fifth yeah Frankie Frankie did Frankie got he did that to me so many times where I was like I'm gonna take Woods I'm gonna take Henry I got Woods where did Henry go what why do you keep doing you rounded out with the defense taking the Eagles and I like I said took Ronald Jones as a reclamation project hoping that maybe Let, let me explain the Eagles pick uh just real quick uh, I always play against Albie week one, and he's a Washington Redskins fan, and the Eagles play the Redskins. So I really wanted him. 
if anything happens that's bad, it's super bad. Double it up, double it up on the uh, uh, on the emotional uh, warfare misfortune of Albie and his Redskins. Oh, I love it, I love it. Well, hey, look, Eagles got one of the best uh, special teams in the league. So that's usually where they get a lot of points, so it's it's not a bad pick that way. So that rounds out our draft. Um, I still have to pick up a kicker and a defense. Um, so. That's what I got to do in the free agency round. Hopefully, I'll get my guys. Um, you still haven't done that? Uh, no, I I got to do that. I'm I'm on it though. But uh, do you you want you want you want a sneaky pick? I think the Carolina Panthers kicker is new. Nobody knows. I don't know. Anyway, you you look into it. Yeah, I'm figuring it out. It's not a big deal to me. It's why I I don't mind this strategy. It's like fill out the team as much as I can with position players and drop who I think is maybe a reach. And I have like two or three guys who I'm doing that with. Uh, yeah, I felt good with the top four, and then from there it kind of went to shit for me but it's just an okay team honestly i'm not confident this season overall with this team and my dynasty team i'm not feeling super confident uh we'll see how i do on the waiver wire and week to week uh i usually i feel more confident and feel like oh i got a good team this year is not that so maybe it'll be the inverse where i don't feel good about it and end up being a surprisingly uh solid team but uh so far not not there yet. how do you feel about your team i'm excited like i said i've never put this much work into it and the later rounds really paid off you know my mystery relevant is a backup running back that i guarantee you gets in the game at some point you know it's he's not just i hope like jalen smith um, jalen samuels was going to be my mystery relevant or randall cobb and somebody else picked up both of those people before i could and uh i'm not upset about it yeah the jalen smith one is a new one to me that i was just doing some research this week and i was like uh he's already taken because and i have ingram so that would have been a perfect handcuff but uh, or no, not James. So I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, Hill from um, uh, uh, Baltimore. Anyway, um, I'm, it's so many names, so many players. I'm, I'm I'm losing steam here. That just means we need to quit this. We're done. We're done for the day. We need to call it quits. Yes. So that's it. So um, just to leave off with, um, uh, what is your uh, what was the worst pick and the best? Uh, what was the best pick and the worst pick for your draft? The best pick, uh, hopefully it'll be Adam so he can see who's my number one pick. Uh, I, don't, I had a lot of good ones that I really felt like. I like Woods. I'm a fan. Um, uh, we'll see how my tight end goes. I've got running backs. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the people I picked uh, for the most part. You know, like you know, a lot of times you like to watch the games and be like, here's my team and he's on my team. But like, I really chose teams based on points more than than like desire to watch games uh so that, that'll be different for me this year yeah i i think the kelsey pick was my best pick and then my worst pick was the uh i guess out of like value and frustration was the mark ingram pick but, um so and any, any bold predictions for fantasy football or regular football albie makes the playoffs this year whoa see Wow. See, there's a bold prediction. Wow, that for you. is a bold, bold <laughs> prediction. Well, that'll be sad. His, uh, his, uh, his lack of success is actually what makes part makes this fun league so fun but, for us. <laughs> uh, everybody has to have their day. Everybody has He's to have due. their day. He's due. He's due. I tell you. My bold prediction is that uh, Antonio Brown uh, becomes a New England Patriot at some point. <laughs> Antonio Brown becomes a Brown. <laughs> Oof, that that oof, that that's a tough one for me because then it, uh, I have both Beckham and Brown. Yeah. I don't know how much. It's a good uh, double-edged sword there. Well, all right, Alex, uh, great catching up with you. We'll get this up and I'll... Sounds fun. Let's, let's do this again next week. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll regroup again after our week one uh, debacles and we'll see how everything uh, shakes out and see who's the next uh, hot uh, free agency pickup. So, uh, till then, I'll talk to you next week. Where, where, where?